It's about to go down in a minute. Let me touch down. I'ma get it. Cause I, I, I been waiting all night. It's game time. It's game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield, Ward White, and Gary Ross. Hey, good morning. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas with Tom and Ward and Garrett. We're glad you're with us as we get ready to roll through this Tuesday morning. Lots to talk about. Ah, at, at 745, Garrett, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know this, but it, it says here on our, uh, we, we, do, we do a thing called a run sheet. Tells us kind of what we're going to be doing every day uh, on the program. And at 745, I read where Ward White is going to sing the Rangers fight song. That's coming up at 745 this morning. Hmm, I didn't notice that. Yeah, hmm. so looking forward to that. Ward, how are you? Good morning. Outstanding. Did you watch the Rangers last night? Did not. So you didn't watch the Rangers and the Astros? No, I watched the Mavericks. Well, there they, you go. They played an hour and a half after the Rangers started. Hmm. Huh. I was locked in the Mavs, too. Good, good for the Rangers. Uh, they won, by the way. That's four out of their last five. Okay. They're hot. They are red, stinking hot. Hot. Good deal. Right now. <laughs> Don't hit your eye with that pom-pom. They're, they are on their way to winning the boot, the buckle, the hat, whatever else they want to play for. Okay. Against those Houston Astros. Ah, I mean, 6-2, to two, really? It, was a, it really was a good game. We'll talk about it uh, coming up uh, a little later on in the program. Uh, did anybody see the Mavericks just absolutely – annihilating Utah last night? Not yes. the way they did. I didn't. I thought it would be a little bit closer. All the other games have been competitive. Yeah. That one was not. That one was over at halftime, really. Of course, it's the NBA and nothing's over until <laughs> the last two minutes. Uh, but they had, what, a 16-point lead at intermission, something like that? Yes. Yeah. And just kept building on that lead. And like building. Well. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, what, I mean, almost, I mean, they just, they took him to the woodshed. Yeah, they had no answer for Luka or anybody. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was over. So now go back to Utah, get game six, and, and then take your little break, get ready for round two. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, that's the plan. You don't, you don't want to play a game, because anything can happen in a game seven. Well, sure. So you don't want a seven, so just go ahead and finish it in six and be done with it, so. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit today. Uh, we're going to continue our tour around the NFC East as we get ready for the uh, the NFL draft, which is coming up on Thursday night. Will you watch Thursday night start to finish? Yes. Yes, absolutely. See, I will not. I'll watch. I, I get – I'm sorry. I get a little bored waiting. And they can give you all the information on, you know – here are the players that are on the board still. Here are the guys that would fit Garrett Ross's fighting, whatever. But after a while, it's like, okay, you've had all this time to figure this out. Maybe the, maybe the team in front of you took the guy that you were looking for and you need a couple of minutes to kind of regroup. But do you need all that time? I think they just do it because the television program lasts that long. Drives me crazy. I think it's hit and miss. I mean, obviously, there's some 
some picks where you can see they go a little longer than need be, but I think there's a lot of, you know, behind the scenes things, looking, evaluating at what other teams have done. Well, uh, there's so much to it. Well, and there's li- they're listening to all the trades too. Yeah. I mean, everybody's coming in with, okay, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And, you know, they got to evaluate that. What is uh, it, 20 minutes between picks? Something like that. I'm honestly not sure. It, I think it is. I think it's pretty close to that. I mean, it is, to me, it's just crazy long waiting for, you know, now Ward White's is on the clock. And, and look, you don't want to jump the gun in case somebody comes in with an amazing pick either. You know, you, you may have your mind made up, but you want to sit there and, and wait because somebody may come with a deal. Somebody may, you know, at the last minute, somebody may go, okay. You know, we'll give you such and such, such and such, and you don't want to, you don't want to pass that up. So they get ten minutes each in the first round, and then the second, third rounds are. That's uh, shorter than oh, eight it's, minutes. It's yeah. just ten minutes. Yeah. Well, it feels like twenty. <laughs> it feels like tw- it just seems like it goes on and on. And I would imagine if it's your turn to pick, that that ten minutes probably goes pretty darn quick. I I get that part, but it just, I don't know. I'm interested in what Dallas will do. I'm interested in actually what, you know, what else goes on in the NFC East. But some of the other stuff. So will you watch all three days? I'll definitely watch the first two. And I'll probably keep track of, like, the third day on Twitter. Yeah, I'll watch the first two. All right. I'm going to watch the love boat on Thursday night. I mean. (laughs) Have at it. I ain't. I I got locked in. What if there's a what if there's a playoff game going on? I'm watching the, the draft. You're watching so the draft The NFL tops everything. The it, it NFL draft supersedes everything in your world. At that point, yeah. All right. I I'll, I'll, I'm not even going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's you know, he eats, breathes and sleeps of football. So I will I will have two screens going. For what? One for uh, playoff games and the other for the draft, yeah. <sighs> so will you be watching it like on a laptop? Or? No, I'll have two TVs going. Two TVs in your living room? Mm-hmm. You have two TVs in your no, living I'll, room? I will move probably the one on the patio to the Oh, the I see. Room. I see. Wow. I, I'm just curious. I mean, from a fan stand perspective, is is the draft that huge? CNC Collision Center text line is two five four six six two sixty sixty. Will you be locked to the NFL draft? Is it something that you know what? Hey, look, we're gonna have our our draft party, and you know, because I, I, you know, some do. We used to do that when I worked at the hospital. Every year, we would gather about ten to fifteen people, and we'd load up. And we're like you a surgeon or something? No, I mean, I worked in the receiving department, but we would go and load up and watch the draft somewhere. I mean, a lot of people do it. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, to each his own. I mean, I mean, look at the draft now. I mean, even when it was at AT&T Stadium, it was full. Yeah. And in Las Vegas. Oh, it's going to be a. Get ready. Oh, I know. And, and when, they would, when they would hold it in New York City, uh, those people would go nuts. And yeah, they it wasn't would... near as big as it is now. I mean, that, that, that little, that venue was, was. Fairly good size, but now, I mean, when they had it in Philadelphia, 
it was gigantic. I think that's also helped. Well, it's always been a a major deal, and obviously as the NFL has progressed to take it over, it's gotten larger. But once they started moving it around, I think it's created more of a buzz. Too. But don't you think it's kind of found a home? Don't you think Vegas will be its home? No, no, absolutely not. It. They'll keep moving it for the fan bases. Yo, yeah, the the NFL wants wants it from city to city. All right, I just thought you know uh, how cool for the players that are going out there and. You know, that, that's certainly a a destination for, you know, NFL fans could go, and it's not just for a couple of days. They could hang out for a week, I mean, if they wanted to. You could, but kind I of think, a cool city. I think you're seeing more cities, like, prepare for the draft, and, and obviously Vegas is going to raise the bar. Um, and not every city can compete, obviously, <laughs> but there, you're going to see more and more people try to compete and do unique things for the draft. All right, here we go. C&C Collision Center text line. Justin says, I watched to see the awkward hugs with Roger Goodell. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot of yelling at him, booing at him. Oh, there's oh, – Get yeah. it off your chest. The, everybody – I mean, that's the cool thing. I, I mean, it doesn't matter who gets picked by what team under what circumstance. There's going to be that group that's booing. I mean, you know, the, the, <laughs> that's always the interesting part. Uh, all right, so, look, I mean, I'd I like to know, Are you is, is the NFL draft – I know that we're we're football fans. We're all football fans, I think, and, and and we all love watching football. But do we love watching it so much that in April the draft is is a must see TV event for us? If, if we'd like sound off with us two five four six six two sixteen sixty. Oh, by the way, at some point today, at some point today, we're going to give you a, a chance to win. Four tickets to see the Rangers beat the Astros tomorrow night, and uh, you and uh, we'll give you a chance to do that uh, here on the program, and uh, we'll, we'll do that uh, before nine o'clock this morning. So stay close, get your uh, get your opportunity to win some some Texas Ranger tickets to see the Rangers and the Astros coming up uh, on Wednesday night. All right, uh, ten minutes after seven, seven ten. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. We welcome you into the program, and uh, coming up in a few minutes, we are gonna. Talk about the Dallas Mavericks a little bit in in detail, and and uh, as they they won huge last night, big win uh, for the Mavs, and we'll talk about it next right here on ESPN Central Texas. The weather this hour is brought to you by Alliance Bank. Find Alliance Bank with their several locations in Waco and new location in Temple, and let them help you and your business succeed. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. We'll see clearing skies today in breezy conditions. High temperatures still running a little bit below average at 75 degrees. We'll see partly to mostly clear skies tonight. We drop to 51 and mostly sunny. Warmer tomorrow as high pressure builds in. We'll see highs top out at 79. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental, they make work easier. 
Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwin-Williams is hiring for CDL drivers pay averaging $92,000 annually and regional CDL drivers with pay averaging $94,000 annually. Sherwin-Williams offers competitive benefits including paid vacation and flex time, medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply today at careers.sherwin.com forward slash drivers. That's careers.sherwin.com forward slash drivers. Sherwin-Williams is an equal opportunity employer including disability and veterans. Okay. Tonight we're having yogurt, bean chili, oranges, lasagna, chicken noodle soup, ribeye steak, hummus, and we're topping it off with chocolate milkshakes all around. Wait, what? Honey, the refrigerator's not working again, and we're not letting anything go to waste, so eat up. Yuck! Are your appliances taking the day off? Call Mr. Appliance today and put them back to work with speedy expert service for all your appliance brands and same-day service available. Visit MrAppliance.com today and schedule an appointment online. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. You'll put a smile on her face with a Mother's Day gift from Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Farm. They've got unique gifts for mom, including a large selection of rustic furniture for the bedroom, living room, and dining rooms, gold and silver jewelry, home decor items, cowskin rugs, and metal signs for inside and outside the home. Ask about their financing options. It's the world's greatest Western store. Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Pond. 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. Here at La Fiesta, our recipe for being happy and stress-free is a bowl of chili con queso and a plate of enchiladas or steaming fajitas. Pick some up on your way home so you don't have to cook. Order online at LaFiesta.com. Call ahead or dine in and get any of your La Fiesta favorites. La Fiesta makes dinner a lot easier. La Fiesta, Waco's original Tex-Mex since 1963. Located in Waco at 3815 Franklin Avenue. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, where passion is our most important ingredient. LaFiesta.com. Koki Family Farms provides the ultimate in custom application and fertilizer for all your road crops and pasture needs. They are a distributor of fertilizer for farmland, grain, feed, hay, pasture crops, and vegetation for agricultural and farm supplies, along with growing and raising corn, wheat, and sorghum. Koki Family Farms is your local contact for LG corn seed and their performing corn hybrids and grain sorghum products. A proud supporter of Crawford High School Athletics, Goki Family Farms, seven generations strong. Game time continues on ESPN Central Texas. All right, 7.15, welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward-Garrett, we're glad you're with us. The uh, Mavs over the Utah Jazz, 102-77, to uh, the final last night. Luka had 33-13, and 13, but all 13 of his rebounds were defensive rebounds. Did you notice he did not have an offensive, an offensive board? I think he was the – in fact, I know he was the only starter not to have an offensive board. It's it just ironic that that's how – how it kind of unfolded, uh, but he did not have an offensive board, but 13 boards, 33 points. And as you pointed out, the Mavericks weren't very good from three-point land, but they still win huge. Yeah, I mean, they were 12 from 43 from beyond the arc, but they did most of their damage penetrating the middle. They had – the Jazz had no answer for 
for Jalen Brunson or Luka when it comes to driving to the hole. And they just they had no match for him at all. You mentioned Brunson. He had 24 in the game. Uh, and, and again, Ward, this is a team that, that built a lead in the first and just kept adding on quarter by quarter by quarter and just dominated this game. Well, it, you, you're talking about the offensive stats. It was the defense that got Dallas the, the big win last night. I yeah. mean, they hold them to 10% from three-point yeah. land. You don't do that to anybody. Three and, for 30. Yeah, and, and 37% from the field. It, the, the defense was outstanding last night for the Mavericks, and that turned into transition basketball. And, you know, when the Mavericks can run, they're a really good basketball team. And you said the Stars were out last night, Jared. Yeah, I mean, you had multiple people there. You had Kyra, uh, uh, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, and Troy Aitman. There was a ton of people there. The whole Dallas was in. I wonder if the players get jazzed when they look out and, and see, an Aikman, see an Aikman there, a Pat, you know, see those dudes there. Well, the cool thing is, like, you'll see Luca at all of, like, Cowboy games or mm-hmm. Stars games. It's cool to see them all network like that and support so each other. Supporting each other, absolutely. Uh, so, Jason Kidd talked about taking care of the of the home floor. I thought, you know, not not take away the score. The guys stayed in character. They did with the, the game plan. They executed. They trusted one another. You know, they, they protect one another on the defensive end, and then they're unselfish on the offensive end. And that's kind of cool to watch um, as a coach and as a fan. Um, but we, we've been in situations throughout this journey of, um, you know, letting things get away from us, uh, bad losses. Um, and we tend to, to bounce back. And so um, I know everybody talks about the playoffs, but it's, it's basketball, and we've seen this before. Um, and so I, I thought the guys responded uh, well. The fans were incredible for us and supporting us uh, for 48 minutes. And now, you know, they're, they're thinking, hey, we just have to protect home, so we got to find a way to, you know, apply that pressure. So they're up 3-2. Mm-hmm. Chance to uh, chance to put this series away uh, in a couple of days, and, and you know, I, you know, like we were talking about this morning before we went on the air. Why not? Why, why not just go ahead, go get this thing taken care of, give you a little extra rest. And, and one of the things I was just looking at uh, a moment ago is how deep Jason Kidd went last night. I mean, it, it when when you build a lead like you were talking about Ward it, it gives you an opportunity to kind of change that rotation and let you go deep and let some of those guys rest their legs a little bit and and they were able to do that they played a lot of guys last night well and you want to be able to do that and because you know that you've got another game to play or two in this series and then you got to turn around in in another series and i think that that was why it was so important to get uh Luca on the floor night before our last uh, and get his legs underneath him. I mean, he played well the other night, but you saw the difference that he made last night in the basketball game, especially on the defensive end, being able to pull those boards down. That was huge for them. And, you know, that's when, when he's able to do those type of things and, and command the offense by getting the, the defensive board and, and, and moving the ball up the floor as quickly and getting that set or, or pulling the trigger – he he becomes you know the quarterback of this basketball team, and so you you had to you had to whether he was one hundred percent or ninety nine percent or whatever he was the other night, which I think he was pretty close to a hundred percent. He he needed that little bit under underneath his legs, and that's going to go a long way not only in this series but 
through the playoffs. I mean, I, I think they take care of business. I, I don't know if they do it in Utah or not. I, I think they do Thursday night. But then they they turn back around, and, you know, it, it becomes even more difficult for this basketball team. I think the way – look, they were able to steal one in Utah without Luka. You put him on the court and play in the way he did last night. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, they'll go up there and take care of business. I think so, too. And that's what I – I mean, look, I'm not saying it's going to be 102 to 77 or whatever the case may be, but – with Luca in the lineup, that's the X factor, right? And so that clearly makes them the favorite, even though it is a road game. That it clearly makes them the favorite Thursday night, doesn't it? In 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 Salt Lake City, I think so. I mean, yeah, you're going to go up there, you're going to take care of business. It's yeah, they're the favorite. And then it gives them a chance not to have to play that seventh game. Gives them a chance to get back home and and rest a little bit and 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 see what's next. So. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting, and uh, next opportunity for the Mavs will be Thursday night. But uh, I was after the first quarter, I, I looked at the score and went, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, and you could just you could just see it. I mean, they were just building and building and building it, and they did every quarter uh, till you know when you're in the second half, you got a comfortable lead and you're able to go deep into the bench. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mavs win one hundred two seventy seven. And uh, they're now up three games to two. And again, uh, Thursday night, they'll play game six in Salt Lake City. 721. And, and I want to get a quick thought here. And we may talk about it a little later on. A lot of conversation this morning about Brooklyn and, 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 and what's gone on there. They got, they got swept. I mean, and, and look, they got thumped every time they went on the floor. And, and they get swept. And now – it's kind of some finger pointing going on. It's it's a whole embarrassing situation. You can't deny the the lack of team chemistry all year long with Kyrie missing a bulk of the season. Uh, you know, with the COVID issues, not having the shot and everything. Uh, and then you had the whole debacle with James Harden. You get Ben Simmons, and he's irrelevant. That was a terrible trade, in my opinion. Uh, and for him to not even step on the court when you like, look, it's it's do or die. Your season's on the line, and you can't put He's yourself out there. He's available for game five. Yeah. I know. Okay. I know he is. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> there isn't a game five. Yeah. But I, also, you look at the Celtics. They're the best team in, in the NBA right now. By far. Uh, they're good, but I don't know if they're – I think it's wide open. I, I, I don't know. They're – I, I – I think they're playing better basketball right now than anybody in the NBA, and that includes the Bucks. Ooh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. I just feel like there were so many distractions and and things around that Nets team. They probably took advantage of them. I I don't know if they're the best. I like what the Bucks have done. If Booker wouldn't have gotten hurt, I think Phoenix was a clear front runner. Maybe. Yeah, that's possible. I just I think. Going into the playoffs and so far in the playoffs, Boston is playing better than anybody else in the NBA. They look good. Well, they've been healthy too. I mean, look, if you look at the Well, that's part of it. If you look at the Bucks, they've what Chris Middleton has missed some games. Obviously, Devin Booker's mixed some games. Lucas mixed some get missed some games. I, I just I don't know, man. I think once you get past the first round, then we'll start really seeing who's the the overall best team. But you you're right. They played phenomenal. In oh, the I first think they season. did. Yeah. And they beat up Durant. I, they yeah. pounded on him. I mean, from the time he he from the from the jump ball, 
I mean, if, if well, you watch about any net, video you... of that, they're they're knocking a snot out well, of him. I mean, wouldn't that be your game plan? Take him out, and who else do they have to beat you? Nobody. Kyrie's a loose cannon. He's yeah. not going to do not anything. Gonna, he's not going to carry a team. So take take Durant out. That that's your biggest obstacle in that whole team. My thing is, I don't see Durant coming back. I see they have to get rid of Kyrie. That's just a, a debacle. That whole situation's bad. But what do you do? Does Steve Nash get fired? Do you realize he was dealing with a bunch of Head cases, give him a chance, and then you got Ben Simmons. Why mm-hmm. the hell do you? I mean, what's what are you gonna do with him? I don't know. I I, I mean, who, who's gonna take Kyrie? I mean, I know he's very talented, but he, he's he's a cancer. I wouldn't take him, Harden, nor Simmons if I was any NBA team I, or I Russell either. Westbrook for that matter. Well, Simmons has proved that he doesn't want to play. Well, I think all of them have. I mean, he's <laughs> he's found every reason under the sun not to get on the floor. He was like that at LSU. I mean, he was. I never understood the hype around him. Even at LSU, he would never take big shots. He would always look to pass it out. He would disappear during big games, and he's done the same thing once he hit the league. So we we may dive back into this in our next hour, but I, I just wanted to get a quick thought on on Brooklyn because there, you know there was so much hype about Brooklyn early on, and and boy, they faded and went well, away. There should have been, yeah. I mean, they had the lineup if it worked, but obviously it didn't work. I, and I, I agree with you. I don't know what they do with Steve Nash. And, unfortunately, he he may catch the brunt of it. I think he's going to. And, and it, it, like you're, you, it's a it's a catch-22 thing. I mean, obviously, it's your first job and you're dealing with that. And you also had to deal with COVID. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts for him. There is. You just kind of hope for the best. I, just, I, I still don't know if I trust him as a head coach, though. Maybe that's just bad. He was dealt with a bad roster. He oh, I think he was dealt with a da- bad hand. I, I trust him as a head coach. I think he's a good coach. I just I don't know that he was in the right situation. Well, he may, he may get a different situation. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Uh, 725, one, one quick note here. Back to our CNC Collision Center text line. Back to the NFL draft. Uh, and, and that's kind of our question this morning. Uh you know, are you going to watch the draft? Is it important to you? I mean, is it? Is it? Hey, look, you're getting your buddies together to watch it. The NFL draft, according to uh, this, is from the 903. The NFL draft is hope. It is hope for the Lions that maybe they can win more than three games this year. It's hope that maybe the Cowboys can find that piece that they need to get them two wins in the playoffs. It's uh, it is hope for your team uh, that your team can get better, and nothing sells like hope. And, and there's there's some truth to that. There's some truth to that. But, you know, there's also some reality that all you have to do is look at the history of, of a lot of these franchises. And I don't care how the draft goes. It kind of looks the same, doesn't it? I mean, the, I, look, the lines have been at the top of the heap drafting for years. Are they any better? Well, that's a dysfunctional organization. That's a poor evaluations. Yeah. Well, and when is what the and never mind? I don't. It's ah, gonna. I was gonna get into the cowboy thing again, but I'm not. Ward, I'm in a good mood. We're not gonna do that today. We're not gonna talk about the cowboys and how every year we all have hope for the cowboys, and every year they disappoint. I never have hope for the cowboys. I know what they are. <laughs> do you uh, even have a team now that you've that now that you've punted Washington? No, I just support the LSU players. Oh, okay. So good grief. Uh, so you don't have that that favorite NFL team anymore? No. You've abandoned your team. I have. Do you and I realize- do not regret it or feel bad one bit. But why would you abandon your team? If you're a why fan. Why would you not if you're a fan of Washington? 
because one day you it, the, the guy just talked about it in the in the Look, CNC Collision Center text line. It, there's no, 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 no. There's not. That's a dysfunctional organization. I've I've gathered up all my Redskin stuff and I put it in a box because one day it might be worth some money, you know. But as far as all this changing and the dysfunctional with Daniel, so I'm nah, I'm good. I if that would have been my team, I would have dropped them after they dropped the Redskins. I a lot of people probably did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, but that's just. That's no, just I, me. Look, I get that. I get that. I mean, I, I, I Same don't. thing with Cleveland Indians. If that was my team, I, I can't get behind the Guardians. Sorry. And I'm with you. And, and, and again, I, when you think about these mascot names, I, I don't I, – are those names – are they – We're a soft society. Uh, it, it, I say it all the time, and I'm sorry, but we are. No, I, I, I agree with you there. Uh I don't think that any of the mascot names were intended to. They were not. Good. <laughs> I think they were, in, if anything, they were intended to pay tribute. Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, and I know we're up against the clock, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there a group of Native Americans that helped design the the logo for the Washington Redskins and, yeah, we heard and that we're from a part Ricky of it. Thompson. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's right, Ricky. Uh, Ricky, right here in town, who played for the Washington Redskins, and and he, as a former Redskin, is not very happy with what happened. But with that said, that's where we are. All right, uh, seven twenty nine. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Yeah, we were uh, hoping to get Bob Bowles beyond with us yesterday. Hoping to get him on today. Any I don't excuse? Think it's any excuse not to come on? To skip us? To <laughs> yeah. avoid us? <laughs> going to pretty great something minor like right? not being Big Twelve commissioner anymore, and he decides he doesn't <laughs> want to do the program. You Probably. think it went so far as him to say, "I'm not doing that interview. How can I get out of it? I know I'll resign my job." <laughs> John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Each new year brings a renewed sense of resolve to live life better, which means it's a great time to talk about the state of your personal wealth. I'm Joe Kaleo. If you'd like to start the year with a more robust wealth strategy, we'll help you find new opportunities to meet your goals. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. The Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, May 7th and Sunday, May 8th at the Harker Heights Event Center. The Real Texas Gun Show, proud to be the place where small mom-and-pop vendors share the floor with large dealers that buy, sell, and trade firearms at the show. The vendors are some of the most reputable in the state of Texas. Oftentimes, if they don't have it, they don't make it. The Real Texas Gun Show. You'll find ammo, prepper survivalist supplies and equipment, hunting gear, fishing gear, camping supplies, collectibles, and so much more. The Real Texas Gun Show, May 7th from 9 to 5 and May 8th at the Harker Heights Event Center. Don't you wish everyone spoke about you the way your mom does? You know, it's no wonder this guy made his mama proud. She always wanted him to be a doctor. Hi there, I'm the Foundation Doctor. That's Ronnie Weaver, the Foundation Doctor. My team and I have accumulated over 70 years' experience dealing with Central Texas soils and foundations. We're always honest with you and would never suggest work you don't need. If we say we can fix it, we will. And our warranties, well, they're the best in the business. We treat your home like it's our mom in hopes that you will speak as highly about us as she does. If you think you need foundation repair, you're in good hands with the doctor. If you don't believe me, just ask my mom. Give us a call today at 863 
8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. You got doors that are sticking or cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery, call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107 or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. The Mavericks now lead their playoff series with Utah three games to two after last night's 102-77 win in Dallas. Five runs in their last two at-bats helped the Rangers to a 6-2 win over the Astros. Game two of that four-game series in Arlington can be heard on Fox Sports Central Texas tonight starting at 6.30. Baseball at Baylor Ballpark tonight as the Bears host Incarnate Word for a non-conference nine. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas starting with the pregame at 6.15. Baylor softball takes the field at Getterman Stadium for a 6.30 first pitch against Stephen F. Austin. That game can be heard on Cool 101. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. All right, 733, Tom Barfield, Ward White, Garrett Ross. Welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Uh, NFL drafts coming up on Thursday, and we uh, continue our tour around the NFC East. We welcome into the program from Sports Illustrated, Ed Kraz. And Ed, good morning. Thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Good morning. Uh, the Eagles at 15 and 18. What would have to happen, Ed, in your opinion, for the Eagles to move either up or down in this first round? Well, there's a handful of players the Eagles would like, I'm sure. And if they kind of see them beginning to slide, they could certainly move up. You know, Howie Roseman um, is not averse to trading with anybody. We saw him do it with the Cowboys last year, right? They jumped up two spots and uh, with, with Dallas, and Dallas moved back two spots. The Eagles took Devontae Smith. Cowboys took Micah Parsons. Um, ahead of them is another NFC team, the Washington Commanders. I'm not sure they would do a deal with them, but they could do something with the Jets if a player like Jermaine Johnson or uh, Derek Stingley or Kyle Hamilton is sitting there. You know, the Eagles have a relationship with uh, Jets GM Joe Douglas. Howie and, and Joe worked together in the past in Philly. Um, so I think that would be an ideal situation for them to try to trade up. But this is pretty much a deep draft, I would say. You know, there's a lot of talent that could be found in the first two rounds. And I think there's probably 20 first-round grades, give or take one or two, that Philadelphia has. So they could just sit tight and and uh, grab whoever's there at 15, and you know some names there that could could be uh, to their liking or Jamison Williams, uh, the receiver from Alabama, uh, perhaps Jordan Davis, the big Georgia defensive tackle, um, or even Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State. Um, and then at 18, they probably would like to trade back and, and get a couple more picks, maybe in the second round, uh, earlier in the second round than from where they pick at number 51 overall in that round. So 
you know, Howie Roseman is not averse to doing trades. I'm sure even down in Dallas, they resonate. Uh, Howie Roseman resume, resonates for his ability to do that. So I, I'm not convinced they're going to stay at 15 and 18. Uh, I expect one trade at least, but I think it might be more of a trade down from 18. And do you expect the Eagles to have a big emphasis on wide receiver in this draft or maybe even after the draft in, in some more trades? Yeah, I do. You know, it's kind of – they haven't evaluated that position very well, to say the least, uh, these last few years. If they go receiver in the first round, which the expectation is they will, uh, it's the third straight year they'll have taken a receiver in the first round. Uh, which, you know, that's only been done once before. That was by Matt Millen in Detroit back in the early O's when he uh, spent three top ten picks in 03, 04, and 05 on a receiver. And he finally didn't get it right until he got Calvin Johnson, Megatron, in 2007. So four of their five drafts and Detroit went to wide receiver. And the Eagles are heading down that that same path. You know, Jalen Rager uh, isn't the player that they had hoped uh, for them. They took him in the first round and then last year, Smith, Devonte Smith looks like he could be a number one, but yeah, they, they do need another weapon on the outside. And, you know, I expect the Eagles to probably spend, they do have the luxury of two picks. And I think if they can get two good players, two players that can come in and uh, start or be, you know, major contributors, you know, they, they could step up in the NFC East and be a real threat to, to take that title away from the Cowboys. Um, and I think one of those players is going to be a receiver. And I mentioned Williams. I think Chris Olave uh, is in that mix, uh, and, and maybe to a lesser extent, Traylon Burks, the uh, you know the kind of do everything receiver, inside outside receiver from Arkansas. Speaking of Williams, and along with him, and even when you look at David Ajobo, do their injuries last year impact how the the Eagles evaluate them or view them? Well, I think you know Howie Roseman was asked that in his pre-draft availability, and he's said something about you know the timing of the injury and when it happened impacts their thinking along those lines and the position that they play we saw the Eagles take Landon Dickerson in the second round last year from Alabama who had torn his ACL in December but uh, was able to rehab and come back and start the whole season for Philadelphia uh, on that offensive line Um, now he plays a different position than Williams obviously you know a receiver needs to do more cutting and you know sharp turns and stuff like that but uh, Williams wouldn't be ready to start the season, but even if he misses, you know, the first seven weeks or whatever, if he gets placed on, you know, the physically unable to perform list, I mean, he's still a guy that can come back mid-season, uh, you know, work his way back in, and then maybe next year in 23, he's ready to take off and uh, prove that he's worthy of a top 15 or top 20 pick. I think he's going to go in that range somewhere, uh, you know, for anywhere from 12 to 20. Um, but yeah, he the Eagles wouldn't be uh, wouldn't shy away I don't think from someone like Williams and that injury ACLs you see players come back from ACLs all the time now a job is a different situation where it's his Achilles and the Eagles took Sidney Jones a cornerback from uh, Washington back in 2017 and Jones had torn his Achilles during his pro day that year and the Eagles took him in the second round and he just never really panned out for Philadelphia he I think it was a confidence thing for him. You know, sometimes there's more to just recovering from an injury physically. A lot of it has to do with the mental side of it. And, you know, I, I don't think Jones was ever the same player, at least in Philadelphia. I know he's still in the league. I think he's re-signed with Seattle again. So, you know, he's still playing at a good level, but uh, just didn't work for Philly. But Ajabo, I think, is a situation where he tore his Achilles on pro day. Um, they could look at him in the second round at 51, but I would be surprised if they do. I just think the nature of that injury is a little more difficult to come back from. 
you know, but Ajabo is young. He's very determined to be successful in this NFL. I liked meeting him at the NFL scouting combine. Very impressed with him. Um, I think he's got a really good attitude, and I think somebody's going to get a good pick if they were to take him in the second round. It's just that you have to be patient with him uh, and make sure he's ready to come back physically and also mentally. And you said something interesting. So within the within the division, within the NFC East, uh, evaluating the division, how far how far away is Philadelphia from Dallas uh, when you start evaluating what has happened in the offseason with the Cowboys and, and, and where the Eagles are today heading into the draft? Yeah, well, you know, I love, you know, listen, one of my favorite players in this draft is Trevor Penning, the guard or the uh, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. And I think he could be in range there for, for Dallas. I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, if he's on your team, you'll love him. If he's not on your team, you hate him because – you know, he plays right up to the whistle, and sometimes after the whistle, he kind of reminds me of John Runyon a little bit. So, you know, if Dallas can, you know, get some help on that, you know, offensive line, uh, maybe find a safety somewhere in this draft, and, uh, you know, even another wide receiver to replace Amari Cooper, I think Dallas is still the best team in the division. But I think the Eagles, if they, may, if they hit home runs with these two picks, I think they're going to close the gap a little bit with the Cowboys I'm not saying they're gonna you know leap past them they're still committed to Jalen Hurts and you know that to me is a big question mark is can he be a better quarterback in year two as a starter than he was in year one he wasn't bad in year one but we'll see if he has a higher ceiling and can hit that ceiling in year two if he can and the Eagles make these two picks then maybe you know they are able to you know push Dallas for the NFC East title we haven't seen a, a repeat winner in the East since you know the Eagles did it in 0405 so you know, you'd be bucking history if you're the Cowboys and are able to come back and win that thing again. But, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys right now, you know, heading into the draft, I still think they're the best team, and I still think they'll be the best team. Maybe not as evident uh, as it was going into the draft, but I think they still will be the best team coming out of the draft. And then you have to kind of see, you know, there's a lot of luck involved in the NFL season and injuries play a part, but, you know, to me, they would still be there, but I think the, the Eagles will have closed the gap a little bit. And you have to look at a team like Washington, too, bringing in Carson Wentz to be their quarterback. We'll see what he has left. I mean, I don't think he had a terrible season last year, but, um, you know, the Red uh, Washington's still going to be, I think, a factor in this thing. And then the Giants with a new coaching staff, they brought in Wink Martindale as their defensive coordinator from Baltimore. Very good coordinator. We saw the production that the Dallas defense had. Uh, under their new D.C., uh, Dan Quinn last year. So that could make a difference for the Giants. I, I think a, a lot of these teams could be closing the gap on Dallas. But to me, Dallas is still, you know, a, a bit better than these other teams. You mentioned Jalen Hurts a few minutes ago. Are the Eagles satisfied or content with their quarterback position? No, I don't think so. <laughs> the whole offseason they were – linked to, you know, Sean Watson and, you know, uh, Russell Wilson and, you know, all these other quarterbacks that were, you know, on the move. Um, but, no, I, I don't think they are. I think they are committed to seeing what Hurts can do in year two. Um, but I think he's going to have a short, uh, you know, kind of a short leash. And if he has a good season this year, I mean, he's going to probably be do a contract extension that's going to start at like $25, $30 million per year. Or he could be uh, a, a trade prospect if the Eagles wanted to trade him and, you know, try to draft a quarterback next year. That's kind of the thinking is the Eagles loaded up uh, in next year's draft as well. They were able to trade with the Saints this year and get the New Orleans' first-round pick 
next year. They also got a second-round pick from New Orleans in 2024's draft. So you have some ammunition that if you want to try to trade up for some of these young quarterbacks that are expected to come out next year, like a C.J. Stroud from Ohio State or Bryce Young from Alabama or, you know, this Jerkovich kid in Boston College. I mean, there's going to be some names that are going to be top five, top eight type quarterbacks. If you're not happy with the player hurts, the Eagles are poised to strike next year and try to bring somebody in. But then you have a rookie playing quarterback. So uh, I'm not sure how committed the Eagles are to answer your question. Um, I just think that if, if Hurts comes in and answers the bell and does well, then, yeah, he'll be the guy. But I don't think the Eagles are sold completely on him being the guy. So they've hedged their bets. They loaded up in next year's draft with some ammo to move up if they need to. Looking at the current layout of the draft, obviously we don't know what – trades are going to be made once it gets unfolds but right now I'm looking at the Jets being a position to get two players where the Eagles could use I'm looking at Derek Stingley Jr. maybe Sauce Gardner or even a Garrett Wilson could you see the Jets being the team that the Eagles are lining with to possibly move up to grab one of those needs yeah I do uh I mean I mentioned that relationship that Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman have they worked together for you know three or four years in Philly before Joe became the GM in New York uh, yeah, I think the Jets are very much a, a team that they could trade with. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned the cornerbacks. I mean, Stingley and Gardner are the two, you know, premier ones in this draft. And we saw two premier ones last year in J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan, who went eight and nine. Uh, and the Eagles really wanted them. Uh, you know, if they could have found a way to trade up higher than they did at number 10 with Dallas, uh, they probably would have taken one of those corners last year. They They desperately – need a cornerback they have Darius Slay 30 31 years old now I know he played at a pro bowl level last year but you know his contract is huge he's a little bit older and they have really nobody on the other side of of, uh, pedigree they have a fourth round pick from last year so if they can get one of those guys in a trade with the Jets if if somehow and I don't think Gardner's going to be I think you'd have to move all the way up to Mm -hmm. you know top five territory to get Gardner Uh, but Stingley if he's still hanging around at 10 and the Eagles can swing a deal there, I, I would not be surprised at all to see them do something uh, like that. You know, last year it required with Dallas, I think a third round pick to move up two spots this year would take at least that maybe a, a fifth. The Eagles have three fifth rounders, so no big loss there, but um, yeah, I could definitely see a move up to try to get a Stingley if he's there, but Gardner, forget about it. Unless you get up to, you know, if Gardner's still swinging on the board, you know, after the fifth pick, uh, after the Giants go and Carolina's on the clock, maybe they try to get all the way up with Carolina to get Gardner. But that would be a big jump and require some resources to do it. And I don't know if Howie would want to do it. But listen, he's the best guy in the draft. If you watch film on that guy, man, he's really good. Um, so I, I could see them making a move up. Maybe maybe even to 12 with with the Minnesota Vikings if someone like Jordan Davis is there. I know they really like Jordan Davis, you know, the big defensive tackle from Georgia. But, yeah, I could definitely see a little bit of a move up for, for the Eagles. And it could be with New York at 10. How close is this Eagles defense to getting back? Uh, well, second year for the defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, you know, last year was was his first time as a defensive coordinator, and there were some ups and downs. And, you know, he didn't quite have the personnel to do what he wants to do, which is, you know, he likes good linebacker play. The Eagles, uh, they signed Kaiser White from the L.A. Chargers, who I really liked a lot, and they brought in Hassan Reddick. Their pass rush was, was anemic last year. They only had 29 sacks. 
didn't have a whole lot of hurries. Quarterbacks picked them apart. There were five or six quarterbacks, and Dak was one of them who completed 80% of his throws against the Eagles, uh, which is ridiculous. So, you know, they have to find a way to get better pressure on the quarterback uh, to, to say, yeah, the defense is back. And that's why there's a lot of talk about maybe they'll go get an edge rusher. Hassan Reddick, you know, he had double-digit sacks last year. He's been a sack specialist for the last couple of years, so he'll help. But they need more to, to say, yeah, we're back. Uh, and they need, like I said, they need a cornerback that has some pedigree. You know, I don't know if you want to throw a fourth-round pick from a year ago out there, a kid from Texas Tech. Uh, Zach McPherson, uh, I'm not sure. You know, he got a little bit of time last year, but again, uh, is he ready to make that step year one to year two and be confident in him? The Eagles are hoping so, but I just think they need a corner. And, guys, they need a safety. You know, I mean, they don't have anybody on that back end. They brought back Anthony Harris, and, um, you know, they have Marcus Epps, who was a sixth-round pick of the Vikings that they picked up uh, on, on waivers a couple years ago. So, you know, they're pretty thin there. So to say they're close to being back, I I think it's going to take at least another year of drafting um, to, to say, yeah, we're back. We're ready to be a Super Bowl championship defense. There's just too much too much uh, area of concern there. Uh, the, the pass rush person on the edge, possibly, maybe another linebacker and a corner and a safety for sure. And that seems like a lot to ask for in one draft, but – you know, who knows, uh, you know, Howie Roseman's work magic before. I just don't think it's, an, you know, they don't have enough resources to answer all those questions in just one draft. When you're looking at a receiver, too, you probably need an offensive lineman to eventually step in when Jason Kelsey, the phenomenal center, finally calls it a career. Um, so you, you, you've got some needs on that defense that needs addressed, and it might not all come in one draft or one offseason. You may need next year to say, yeah, we're, we're ready to go now. We're ready to push for another Super Bowl. You mentioned next year, and I was curious. With in today's society, it seems like it's win now. We don't have the patience to watch a team build their program in three or four years. With that in mind, has that changed how teams approach free agency and and the draft? Well, yeah, you know, listen, the, the coaches that have been around, like you look at Carolina, Matt Rule is on the hot seat after, what, three seasons? I mean, he, he's got to win. So, yeah, that probably changes their approach. They could look quarterback with Kenny Pickett to kind of come in and maybe unseat Sam Darnold. But, yeah, I think it does impact uh, what teams do in the draft and the free agency. Now, coaches like, you know, Nick Sirianni here in Philadelphia, this is only his second season, made the playoffs in his first season. You know, they do have a little bit of time, I think, to, you know, build this thing the right way. Uh, so there's not that sense of urgency in the draft. Now, that said, they're going to approach it like, yeah, we we can threaten for the Super Bowl if we make the right decisions here uh, in this draft. So I, I think every year there's a sense of urgency with some teams that in the draft. Hey, let's let's start building this the right way. Look at the Bengals last year. You know, they had they picked Jamar Chase, and, you know, away they went. They had Joe Burrow. Uh, so, you know, in the NFL, you can turn things around pretty quickly, um, the Bengals being case in point, you know. Uh, so, yeah, teams, teams, I think, in free agency, if you have the money to play on that ball field, I mean, we saw some exorbitant salaries in this offseason go to uh, safeties and receivers. Uh, if you have the salary cap money, yeah, go ahead and spend it. And you never know what, how quickly your fortunes can turn if you make the right decisions. Um, so, yeah, I think in this day and age, you're, you're always thinking, you know, hey, we're just, you know, one draft, one off season of good decisions in free agency of competing for a championship. 
Well, the fun begins on Thursday. Hey, Ed, thanks. Uh, we appreciate your time so much this morning. Anytime, guys. Have a great week. You do the same. Ed Kras from Sports Illustrated covers the Philadelphia Eagles for uh, SI and and uh, good stuff there. 7.51, and, and we'll continue taking a look at the uh, NFC East as we uh, bounce around here on uh, this uh, couple of days before the NFL draft. At 7.51, stay with us. The, uh, we're going to look at the Rangers and the Astros. We'll do it next here on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Baseball, here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. The Bears back in action Tuesday at Baylor Ballpark hosting Incarnate Word. 6.15 for the warm-up show, 6.30 first pitch for Baylor Baseball Tuesday. Join Derek Smith and Ryan Boyd for Baylor Bear Baseball right here on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you. 254-495-0338. Google Amanda Cunningham. Cunningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Spring is here, and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows before the hot weather gets here. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralight. That's a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they're offering 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. That's UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And be sure and check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. The Mavericks now lead their playoff series with Utah three games to two after last night's 102-77 win in Dallas. 
five runs in their last two at-bats helped the Rangers to a 6-2 win over the Astros. Game two of that four-game series in Arlington can be heard on Fox Sports Central Texas tonight starting at 6.30. Baseball at Baylor Ballpark tonight as the Bears host Incarnate Word for a non-conference nine. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas starting with the pregame at 6.15. Baylor softball takes the field at Getterman Stadium for a 6.30 first pitch against Stephen F. Austin. That game can be heard on Cool 101. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. One, two, he's not going. Seeger swings, rips on the right field, a base hit. Simeon scores. Garcia heading to third. The throw from Tucker is offline. Adolis dives in safely, and Corey Seeger's single gives the Rangers a 3 to 2 lead. A 3 to 2 lead that they would never give up and go on to a 6 2 win. Over the Astros, Texas has now won four of their last five. Well, they're hot. I mean, they are on fire, aren't they? Okay. <laughs> Man, just not going to give him any love, is he? Is he, Gary? He's just not. He's not. I, 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 I'm here for it. I'm here for it, man. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they. I mean, you know, they're the mirage. They're... <laughs> if Altuve played, did they win? Well, I mean, they won six to two. So, I mean, if Altuve gets two or three hits, I don't know. Seager, by the way, had two hits last night, and 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 the big RBI. And Texas has won four or five. They'll do it again today or tonight, actually. Uh, and that game's going to be on our sister station, uh, ESP, uh, Fox Sports Central Texas. We'll have Baylor baseball against Incarnate Word here uh, on ESPN. So, uh, Rangers will be over over on our sister station, Fox Sports Central Texas. So, there you go. Uh, by the way, we have. Uh, not for tonight, but for tomorrow night. We've got four tickets. If you'd like to go to the game, uh, just give us a call. Uh, 662-1660, 254-662-1660. We'll take caller three, and we'll set you up with four tickets. We're going to need your name, a phone number, and an email address. So keep that in mind. A name, a phone number, and an email address. And then we'll email you the uh, the Ranger tickets on an MLB app. It's kind of a cool deal. And then you just show your phone when you go to the ball game and you go right on in. Uh, so if you'd like to go see Texas in Houston tomorrow night, Wednesday night, it's 254-662-1660, 254-662-1660. In the meantime, we've got John Morris here with today's Baylor Sports Beat program. This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor Athletics. Now, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Our money is number check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, Baylor baseball and softball in action at home tonight. We'll give you details. Plus, hear from men's tennis coach Michael Woodson, the coach of the Big 12 Tournament Champions. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by, let's be friends. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. 
Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. Baylor baseball and softball in action at home tonight. The baseball Bears hosting Incarnate Word on the air at 615. First pitch at 630 right here on ESPN Central Texas. While softball hosts Stephen F. Austin this evening on the air at 615. First pitch at 630 from Getterman Stadium. The broadcast on 101.3 FM and Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Congratulations again to Michael Woodson and Baylor men's tennis winning the Big 12 Tournament Championship over the weekend for the third consecutive year. Baylor ranked number four in the nation, knocked off number one ranked TCU 4-2 for the victory in a stirring victory, an instant classic. Listen to the excitement in the voice of Baylor men's tennis coach Michael Woodson. I mean, that was one of the best college tennis matches I've been a part of, to be honest. I mean, you know, we were walking over from the outdoor to the indoor, and I just was a couple paces ahead of a, I don't know if it was staff members or fans. I I didn't look back because I didn't want them to know that it was the Baylor coach that was in front of them that were just saying, man, what a high-level match. These two teams might play in the national championship finals. Uh, That's how how good this is. And and I was thinking the same thing as I'm out there watching, and, you know, I'm just so proud of these guys. It's been... It's been a, an amazing year. Uh, we, you know, I put them through the ringer on the road. I mean, seven weeks in a row and, and everything that they've gone through. They, the thing that has defined this team is that they show up every day. They're consistently putting their best effort out there. We, we haven't had a match where we took it off. We really haven't. It's taken a while to get all, of, all nine spots firing, uh, and we knew that's what it would take against TCU, but we've always been moving closer to that target, uh, and I felt like we did that today. You know, I mean, we were really there on every single court the whole match. Uh, And, you know, we're going to lose spots because TCU is the number one team in the country uh, for a reason. Uh, To beat them twice here on their home courts and to clinch a Big 12 title here. And, I mean, what can you say about Teddy coming over from TCU? What a great story. Most outstanding player in the tournament. I mean, he deserves it. Michael Woodson and Baylor men's tennis, the Big 12 tournament champions for 2022. They now await word from the NCAA, most likely hosting NCAA first and second round action. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. We are now joined by Crystal Conti from University of Texas, the athletic director. And Chris, I'm just glad you were able to hear some of the Baylor sports beat. Did you get any good intel from being on hold there? Let me regurgitate. You got track meet this weekend. You got spring game this weekend. You got opening (laughs) game at TCU. You got baseball down here. I think I got you covered. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Almet Aerospace in Waco is holding their weekly on-site hiring event. Every Wednesday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., Almet Aerospace will conduct on-the-spot interviews and making offers to qualified candidates that day. Bring a current resume and be ready to interview. Entry-level production to experienced roles, as well as professional positions are available. Great pay and benefits starting day one. Can't make it? Apply online anytime at howmet.com slash wacocareers or wacohr at howmet.com. Let's get the latest on college football with Shahan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com on ESPN Central Texas.
All right, welcome back into the program. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us as we roll through a Tuesday morning. And we uh, welcome into the program from CBSSports.com, Shehan Jayaraza. Shehan, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks always for having me. All right, so 250,000 people attended the uh, Oklahoma Spring Game or something like that. Uh, what, what was your take on on some of these spring games? 33,000 plus uh, it, for the USC spring game, and again, a packed house in Norman. What, what was your overall take on just how well these games were attended? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's so much excitement for both of those programs, right? I mean, obviously, USC, the, the excitement around Lincoln Riley was broadcast on ESPN. They had, like, a legit broadcast crew there, including RG3. Like, I mean, it, this is unprecedented hype, I think, for a first-year coach. I mean, I don't remember ever seeing anything quite like this. So, I think that this is great for football. I mean, I think it's great for West Coast football, especially just uh, kind of seeing this excitement, seeing people show up, seeing people talking about USC. And for Oklahoma, I mean, look, Oklahoma is one of the great fan bases in college football. They obviously uh, are one of the most historic programs in college football. If anybody thought that their fans were going to go away or were going to, you know, not still support their team, I think that this is a good uh, reminder that they're not going to. So both these programs are in a great spot, and I, I really hope that at some point over the next couple of years we get to see these two teams play. After the spring scrimmage for the Longhorns, do you feel like that Texas may have found their quarterback, and are they comfortable where they're at with yours at quarterback? Yeah, I, I was impressed with a lot of the throws that Ewers made. But it is, you know, look, he did also look like a quarterback who hasn't played real-life football in a couple of years. So I think that in terms of talent, they should feel real good about where they are. I think that Quinn Ewers is the guy. He showed that big-time arm. I mean, that, that throw to Isaiah Nair was crazy. Like, it, it was a really, really big-time throw. Uh, you know, the sort of throw that makes you the number one recruit in the country. So I think that Texas should feel good about where they're at. But Again, I mean, Quinn is still a little raw. It's still going to take a little time, I think, especially, I mean, again, you know, they play Alabama in week two. It's going it, to, there's no real way to prepare for that. But, um, you know, I, I think that they've been waiting for a long time for a quarterback like Quinn Ewers, and, and I think that he is going to end up being that guy. Talk a little bit about the quarterback battle going down at LSU. I know that you bring in Jaden Daniels, and he obviously takes the field first, but what Garrett Nesmeyer was able to do to me – it shows that he has the opportunity to really be the quarterback starting day one. It's such an interesting battle because I think that all three guys who are in that competition, those two and also Miles Brennan, mm -hmm. really have a chance to win that job. I, I mean, I think that it's going to really go on into the into the fall. You know, with this battle, you do get a couple different type of guys, right? Like, I mean, Garrett Nussmeyer, you've obviously got the big-time arm. And with Jaden Daniels, you've got somebody who's played a lot of college football and, and has great legs and, and, you know, good control of the offense, all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be, I think, a little bit of a, a choice. Like, I think that it's going to be a little bit of preference of what Brian Kelly wants in his offense and what new offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock wants as well. So it's a tough question. I mean, I, I don't envy them having to make that decision, but uh, it will, I think, go into the fall, and, and we'll see whether anybody's able to pull away. Sunday, May 1st, I think, is uh, when the uh, transfer portal closes for the summer. Does that give – coaches a chance to kind of exhale and know what their roster is going to look like at least going into fall? 
Yes, no question about it. I mean, it's it's obviously such a tumultuous time because just at, at any moment, you know, you could lose some of your 85 scholarship players basically the entire year. So I do think that this at least lets you get some clarity of uh, what your roster is going to look like. Again, once August comes around, players can transfer again, but obviously the attraction is much less after, you, you know, when, when you're going into the fall, you're not really going to transfer in August necessarily and then go in and start in a new program. So I do think that for all intents and purposes, I mean, if you, uh, you know, May 1st is really kind of the deadline. If you really want to start and play at another program uh, in the fall. So I do think that it gives teams a little bit of clarity. I do think it is a little bit of a deep breath. I mean, I, again, I don't envy these guys for having to kind of recruit their own players, recruit in the portal. Like it, the recruiting is such an aggressive year round uh, situation right now and now all of a sudden you're not just recruiting high schoolers you're recruiting in the portal too so I do think that everybody's exhaling a little bit and uh, and hoping to maybe catch their breath a little bit before uh, the fall comes you mentioned the fall and, and again the portal reopens August the 1st do you anticipate some numbers uh, if if a guy goes into fall camp and doesn't win a starting job do you, I mean are there going to be significant numbers in in the fall that say you know what I, I'm I'm going to go try my my luck elsewhere you know I, I think it's going to not be too many people right like I, I think that this is primarily going to be a spring thing uh, guys have you know this sort of like week or two after spring practice ends to make a decision to figure out that they're not where they want to be on the depth chart et cetera et cetera uh, you know when you go into the fall like you're talking about legitimately showing up in the middle of spring uh, of fall camp right like I mean, you're, you're talking about showing up and not really having any time to go through a strength and conditioning program to not learn the offense all that sort of stuff uh, and, and that's just a tough situation so I mean I think that that for people who, who are in that situation in the fall it's going to be people who are really kind of looking to maybe move down the level or or something like that you're not going to see a whole lot of lateral moves or, or guys moving up necessarily and um, you know for, for players to enter the portal most of them are looking for a comparable opportunity or a better opportunity most aren't necessarily looking to move down so I don't think we're going to see that kind of wave but uh, you know I do think that people will still transfer and, and try their luck elsewhere get your crystal ball out who's the first big 12 player taken Thursday in the NFL draft <laughs> that's a good question it's, it's kind of a weird year for the big 12 this year um you know we we don't see a ton of the top players in the league coming out this year so i do think that jalen petrie has a chance to go first uh, you know he's been getting some late first round buzz uh and people really like what he's able to do as a safety as a as a corner as somebody who's able to play maybe a little bit of a hybrid role um, and, and again, you look around the rest of the league. There's not a whole lot of other. Uh, there, there's not a whole, a whole lot of other obvious places to go, right? I mean, Texas and Oklahoma aren't losing that many guys. You're kind of looking more at the day two, day three range for some of those Oklahoma guys to go. And so I, I think that Petrie maybe has a chance to go first. Shayhan, I thought it was interesting. Notre Dame's uh, AD Jack Swarbrick was talked about the the landscape of college football and how it's changing drastically with the Big Ten, the SEC. And he made comments where he could see it being like a mini NFL, mini NBA versus the rest of the landscape of college athletics. Is that a little extreme, or do you think that he he might be on to something? I think that we, in some ways, are heading in that direction uh, in terms of the Big Ten and the SEC just kind of almost being like, like you kind of mentioned, an Eastern Conference, Western Conference, AFC, NFC, whatever you want to call it. 
But I do think that this is part of why this next round of playoff negotiations is going to be very important, why you need expansion in so many ways. Uh, and, and so, I mean, I, I think that in, in a lot of ways with NIL, all this sort of stuff, this is kind of an opportunity to head off that happening because, I mean, you hear people say, I mean, you even hear the SEC commissioners say, we need this to be a national sport. We need the West Coast to be involved. We need the East Coast to be involved. And I, I don't think that that's happened extremely well, you know, over the past couple of years. But college football moves in weight. You know, I mean, the, the SEC being this superpower that nobody can match is really, you know, kind of a last 20, 30 years thing. You know, so, I mean, I think that college football does go through waves. And so I think that this is an opportunity with playoff expansion, with changing kind of the way that uh, the incentive structure of the sport in some ways with, with realignment, all this sort of stuff, it's an opportunity to maybe stop some of that from happening, stop this kind of move towards an NFLization of college football, I guess you could call it. But, uh, you know, if things kind of go this direction and nothing kind of changes and nobody kind of uh, makes any aggressive moves along the way, I, I do agree that it seems like we're starting to head in that kind of direction. If we did get to, let's say, four 16 super conferences, what would be the advantages of for that format? Well, and, and I think that that's the question because right now we are heading into a world where there's basically two super conferences from a monetary perspective, you know, with the Big Ten and the SEC. And the other three major conferences are going to be pretty substantially below those other two. And ultimately, I mean – the the thing that I've always looked at is like you know for the for the broadcasters for ESPN especially like that is an easy way to cover the sport right like it is an easy way to limit the amount of teams that you have to play it allows you to have control over scheduling like you're able to cover it like the NFL but to me it's a huge disadvantage in terms of maximizing the sport because it does minimize every other team that's not part of maybe that top group right I mean I, I think that college football has always been a sport to me that's about breath. It's, it's about, you know, there's a school in Waco, Texas. There's a school in Fresno, California. There's a school in Wyoming. You know, like that's what makes college football great to me. And, and I think that when you look at some of the powers at play and when you look at some of the, the broadcasters, all this sort of stuff, they, they almost want it to be easy. They want it to be sort of a, a miniature NFL in some ways where, you know, Alabama is just the 49ers, you know, and, and it's not necessarily something that's unique to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I do think that, again, it's easier to cover. I, I understand that part of it. It's easier to pay attention to. It's easier to, to make broadcasting decisions. But I think it misses the point of college football. And I think ultimately, uh, you know, long term, it would kind of destroy interest in the sport. Does it all really matter, though, unless we get a hand on the NIL? Because the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer. And it doesn't matter how many teams you have in there, you're still going to have those top tier that have all the money and all the capabilities to do what they want. Well, I think that we've had versions of that for a long time, right? Like, I, I think that we've had versions of Alabama, of Texas, of, you know, whoever else being able to, to get money to players and, and get players to come to their school. I, I think the bigger existential issue is this gap from a television monetary perspective where, you know, some projections have the SEC and the Big Ten pushing towards $100 million per school, whereas the other schools are, like, in the 50 to 60 range. Like, that's really, I think, where there's an advantage that other teams just won't be able to match, right? And we see some of this with the gap between the Power Five and the Group of Five. I mean, you're, you're talking about even the Big 12 being in the, the mid-30s to, to low-40s uh, per year in terms of payout. 
or is the American was in the seven million range, right? Like, I mean, it just makes it so hard to compete when there's that kind of gap. And and I so I think that that's a much more existential issue, just the the disparate payouts that that are going to different conferences. Uh, you know, yes, I, obviously, I think that um, that the being able to sort of pay out money more directly does play a big role in that. Uh, and, and, you know, I think long-term, I mean, it, it, a lot of it is branding. Like, I mean, a lot of kids want to play in the SEC because they feel like it's the best league in college football. And, and yes, you know, the money helps, but people don't go to schools also unless they feel like it's going to be a good opportunity for them, right? I mean, Tennessee's had the opportunity to, to funnel money to players for a long time, but you do have to believe into the program. There. You have to believe that you're going to be coached up. You have to believe that you're going to be able to compete. So I, I do think that, yes, you know, that, NIL is going to make things more complicated, but I do think that uh, that broadcast and, and sort of disparate uh, payouts, I guess you'd say, are, are really the existential issue facing college football. Shayhan, what was the biggest takeaway for you regarding your Baylor Bears? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, I think that the, the defense looks real good, and, and Craig Williams, that running back, looks like a revelation. Uh, you know, I remember talking to Jeff Grimes last year when he was kind of describing what he's looking for in a running back, and He's like, you know, a lot of people think that you need like a big physical guy, but really what you just need is somebody who's fearless, somebody who's going to hit a hole. And and I think that Craig Williams looks like he has a chance to be that guy. Obviously much, much smaller than Abram Smith, but does a great job of not getting tackled fully. Does it, you know, does a great job of protecting his body, uh, you know, despite being only, you know, 170 pounds. And I think that he is such a dynamic player. It's almost such a different uh, kind of look than, than you got with Abram Smith, who was a bruiser, somebody who wanted to be hit. Uh, he looks really, really good, I, I think, in, in limited action. And defensively, you know, I, I knew that obviously things were going to look a little different with some of the, the different guys taking the place of guys like Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard. But the defense still looks really good. I, I mean, I was a little surprised, actually, with how much uh, how much real stuff that Baylor ran in that game on both sides of the ball. You know, it wasn't just all vanilla. It wasn't just kind of throwing very base stuff. We did get to see some blitzes. We did get to see some uh, – in different packages and stuff like that. So the team looked really good in my opinion, uh, you know, but I think that Craig Williams is really the story of that game. Jayhan, what are you, uh, what are you working on for CBSSports.com right now? Well, actually tomorrow I'm, I'm heading out for the rest of the week uh, to take some vacation time. It's a, nice. it's been obviously a long off season. So I'm going to be heading up to New York and, uh, and not doing a thing. There you go. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, catch your breath and then get ready because it'll be here before you know it, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, appreciate your time today as always, Shehan. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. We'll see you later. Shehan J. Araja from CBSSports.com, our guest. It's uh, 18 minutes after 8. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Did we announce our, our winner of the of the tickets? Hmm. Jeremy Vasquez, congratulations to Jeremy. Uh, and, uh, and Jeremy, I've already sent your tickets to you. Hey, this, this this electronic stuff. I mean, you, you you need to get in the same loop with us, Garrett, on this on this uh, yeah yeah on that's, this electronic I'm stuff. I'm the one. <laughs> yeah. I mean this 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 modern stuff. We, we we can get you in the loop on it and get you up to speed. Uh, hey, let's take a second to talk about Double R Old Fashioned Hamburgers, eighteen ten Herring. Uh, it, it, it's look, it's the best burger in town, and. and there, there's a, a million reasons why, and you, you pick what works for you. I, I, I'm not sure if it's that top-secret seasoning that they put on the burger or, or if it's the fact that that burger's not cooked until you place that order. A, and then you say, hey, look, I want a double-meat cheeseburger with a little extra bacon and some jalupenos on it, and next thing you know, 
that's when that patty or patties go down on the grill. They're not going to cook it until you order it. There's none of this, hey, let's cook it on Tuesday, serve it on Thursday stuff like, you know, other places. It, it, that's just not how it works. And, and again, if you, if maybe you've had, had a burger and you're saying, you know what, I just not in the mood for a burger. Well, I can't imagine that. But if you are, they do have chicken fried steak sandwiches, grilled chicken sandwiches, Philly cheese steak sandwiches, fries, curly fries, tots, and they got it all. And, and, and you can have it any way you want it. All the fresh vegetables right there, and you just tell them how you want it cooked and how you uh, how you want it prepared, and they're going to take care of you. It's uh, Double R Old Fashioned Hamburgers. They're open today until about 4.30. Stop by and see them at 1810 Herring and tell them Tom sent you by. The weather this hour is brought to you by Alliance Bank. Alliance Bank Central Texas is independently owned and has been helping families and businesses in Central Texas meet their financial needs since 2007. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. We'll see clearing skies today in breezy conditions. High temperatures still running a little bit below average at 75 degrees. We'll see partly to mostly clear skies tonight. We drop to 51 and mostly sunny. Warmer tomorrow as high pressure builds in. We'll see highs top out at 79. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road? The next time it happens, call Big Boys Record Service to get you and your ride where you need to be. You can count on Big Boys Record Service to help you with roadside assistance, such as when your vehicle won't start, you need a tire change, you've locked yourself out of your vehicle, or when you're stuck in the mud. No job is too big or too small. They do it all. Family owned and operated since 1984. Big Boys Record Service. Call 254-662-3031. And remember, slow down or move over. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental. They make work easier. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. It's a Jamie from Progressive. Shh, Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Have you been to Sam's Bar in Union Hall in downtown Waco yet? Serving originally inspired Texas-style craft drinks. Offering wine, beer, vodka, and fruit juice drinks. Be sure to try one of Sam's signature cocktails like the Hatchback, a Dallas Daisy, and even some Summer Lovin'. Happy hours every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 with $2 off draft beer and cocktails, plus free chips and hot sauce. Sam's Bar Waco in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue. And check them out online at samsbarwaco.com. 
Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. Stop waiting for carnival season to come around to get a funnel cake or cotton candy. All-American Eats and Treats is your Central Texas food truck with hand-dipped corn dogs, fresh cotton candy, funnel cakes, fried Oreos, and more. For fairs, festivals, company picnics, or just a parking lot in your town, let All-American Eats and Treats be a part of your next event. Call 254-722-1687 and get your carnival treats today. That's 254-722-1687 or check them out on Facebook at all American Eats and Treats. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe, ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at PioneerBoys.com. Eight twenty four. We continue our uh, football conversation here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Garrett, we're glad you're with us. Ward, though, I was just looking at a, at an article uh, today about some potential rule changes, and, and one of the things that they're talking about is on, on the targeting penalty, giving a uh, giving a a, a coach and, and the player an opportunity to to, for lack of a better term. Uh, protest their their the decision so that they would be eligible for that second game as you know if if you're ejected for targeting you miss the remainder of that game uh, and then the first half of the next they need to get rid of that rule that's stupid no first of all i agree with you 100 percent. i'm not opposed to the targeting rule i'm a i'm opposed to the penalty yeah don't eject them Uh, unless the here's my here's my reasoning for it i would eject if I felt like that it was, you know, a player launching themselves, and they're trying to, they're they're not trying to make a play. They're trying to hurt the, the yeah. you know, you you've seen that. Uh, and if a guy does that, then yeah, I, I think he should be ejected from the football game. If not, I think it should be treated like any other personal foul ward. It, it should be a fifteen yard penalty. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. But I don't. It, it, and they certainly shouldn't miss the next game. First, no, first half of the next game. That's. That's ridiculous. Or you know, and if they're ejected in the first half, they have to miss the second half of that game. But I, I, th- I would like to see that's the first step in getting that cleaned up. But in, in my opinion, and I'm like Garrett, I think the rule. I, I understand the rule. I appreciate the rule. I mean, it's a safety issue. However, however, if there's no intent, uh, you know, w- w- do you do you do you eject somebody for just a regular? Personal foul? No. No. You might on an unsportsmanlike conduct because you felt like there was well, you intent get t- there. You get two of those and you're out anyway. Yeah, and, and you feel like there's there's intent to, you know. And, and again, 
And you're saying, well, you're asking the officials to, to be judges. Well, yeah, we ask them to be judges on every snap. Yeah, get rid of instant replay and let them do their job. That's exactly right. If you see a guy leave his feet and he's flying through the air, he's not just making a play. No. I mean, if he's going, if he's flying through the air at somebody's shoulders or head, it, that that's not making a play. That you know, th- there's some intent there, and and, and so yeah, a 15 yard penalty and and an unsports, you know, goes. Yeah, but with I it. still don't have a problem with that. I mean, I I want you to have your head up and not use your the top of your helmet as a missile. But if you got your face mask up and you're trying to create a play, look, football's a violent game. It should be a violent game, and if you don't like it, don't watch it, don't play it. Well, I agree with you. But again, I'm saying if if you sense the intent is to hurt, then I, I have no problem ejecting a player. The game's supposed to be played. It, yes, it's a violent game. Yes, it's a contact game. You're, there's contact on every single snap. But there's ways to do it. And, and like you said, if your head is up and, and your face mask is forward, I, I, I've got no problem with that. I don't either. I want you to separate you that player from the football. So – Right now, the conversation is simple. The conversation is, look, they're not going to change the on-field rule, but they're talking about, hey, send the video into the NCAA, and if you can prove that there was no intent. I I don't need any of that. Just just drop the whole thing, right? I agree. But I think this would be, at least this would be step one, I mean, of of getting that rule fixed. I've hated the rule ever since they put it in. Mm -hmm. Thought it was – I, I, the ejection uh, again, aspect I, of it was I, just I ridiculous. I in don't my opinion. need some guy sitting in New York to review it. Just you know, make the call, and if if it's targeting 15 yards, you do it again, you're out. Just like a personal exactly. foul. You, you you do it a second time, you're out of the game. Don't know that this would ever happen. Football junkie says now that college athletes are getting paid, how long before they start getting fined for stuff like that? That's not happening. But I uh, <laughs> get your point. Uh, I, he's not wrong. No, no, uh, no, he's not. But again, that's the why is that rule separate from the other safety rules? There's several, they feel like they, there's there's several safety rules in in the rule book. Well, they feel like that that that's more of a danger because of it's not only a danger to the the player that's defenseless, it's also a danger to the player that's delivering the blow as well. It certainly can be. It it, it certainly can be. All right, uh, 829, we're 29 after 8 o'clock. I just threw that out there. I I saw that this morning looking at some stuff and and thought that that would be fun to to discuss because, look, you you want your game to be the best it can be. And and it it just kills me when I see a guy – who, who, who went and made what he thought was a good play, particularly when you start to see he's coming in high, a guy all of a sudden decides exactly. to slide, and then it, it ends up being targeting, and he has to leave the game and can't play the next game. It's a joke. It's a joke. That's a, that's a silly, silly thing. But anyway, I'm, I hope that this review thing is step one in, in getting rid of the, the ejection aspect of it. Unless, again, right. you know, it's, you know you, the, the intent was – was there all right uh we are we're going to step aside we are brought to you this morning as always by alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ramp fiat your friend of the car business at 201 west loop 340 just down from highway 84 your friend in the car business look if you want to check out some great vehicles you can do it a couple of different ways you can go by and uh, you can check out these great vehicles or you can go online at alansamuelsdcj.com that's alansamuelsdcj.com and check out these great vehicles we're talking about a 2022 wagoneer series two and three 
2.9% for 72 months, plus $3,000 in bonus cash. First responders, you get an extra 500 bucks. That's just one of the great vehicles they have at Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Stop by, say, uh, say hello to all the group over there. Tell Ted Teague we sent you by. They're at 201 West Loop 340, just down from Highway 84. It's Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business. Recently on Game Time, athletic director for Baylor University, Mac Rhodes. I think all of the stuff that's going on right now, name, image, and likeness, and the transfer portal, although it seems and feels difficult, and it seems and feels like, you know, the more money you have, the greater advantage that you're going to be at, I still think there's a place and there's a way for us to shine and continue to be competitive at the highest levels. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Hopkins Oil Company is proud of the students, faculty, staff, and administration of Crawford Independent School District and wishes the Pirates and Lady Pirates all the best on the field, court, or diamond. Established in 1962, Hopkins Oil Company of Crawford is the oldest running wholesale fuel and lubricant distributor in Central Texas. Locally owned and operated by Jeff and Molly Bays and open 24-7, Hopkins Oil Company has a proud tradition of quality products and outstanding customer service. If you'd like to learn more about Hopkins Oil Company, call Brad Cox at 254-486-0123. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. As fuel cost has risen, make sure your vehicle is summer ready. To get the best fuel mileage, take the proper steps needed in maintaining your vehicle properly with Kish's Complete Car Care Center's maintenance. There are many aspects of maintaining the fuel economy of your car. With rising fuel costs, we can make sure you get the best fuel mileage possible. Take the proper steps in maintaining your vehicle today at Kish's Complete Car Care Center. 5300 Franklin Avenue. Pascal Insurance and Real Estate is a full-service independent insurance agency and real estate company. They write all policies from commercial to auto and home. Pascal Insurance represents multiple companies, including Safeco, Travelers, Allstate, Progressive, Nationwide, and Hoheim Prairie. The real estate experts specialize in residential, commercial, and farm and ranch properties. Stop by and check them out at 401 Madison and McGregor or learn more at psrealtors.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update. The Mavericks now lead their playoff series with Utah three games to two after last night's 102-77 win in Dallas. Five runs in their last two at-bats helped the Rangers to a 6-2 win over the Astros. Game two of that four-game series in Arlington can be heard on Fox Sports Central Texas tonight starting at 6.30. 
MCC Baseball moves up two spots to fourth in this week's JUCO Baseball Poll. McClendon Softball is ranked seventh this week. Baseball at Baylor Ballpark tonight as the Bears host Incarnate Word for a non-conference nine. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas starting with the pregame at 6.15. Baylor Softball takes the field at Ketterman Stadium for a 6.30 first pitch against Stephen F. Austin. That game can be heard on Cool 101. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Eight thirty-five. Welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, and we're joined now from the Oklahoman by uh, Ryan Abey. Ryan, good morning. How are you, sir? Not bad. How are y'all doing this morning? Terrific. We appreciate your time. Uh, spring football game. Uh, there was just a little interest in the spring game in Norman, uh, wasn't there? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, a lot of factors coming together to get people uh, just. Just a bit excited about this uh, this game and this team this year. What was your big takeaway from just the, the entire spring? You know, I, I think the biggest thing that has to do with the, the sort of energy around the program, which you wondered if it was just going to completely disappear after Lincoln Riley's departure, it is really at, a, at an all-time level. And, and you notice that by – uh, you know, the 75,000 uh, people showing up on Saturday for the spring game, but also the 250 uh, former OE players who came out to the spring game, which is by far the biggest gathering of uh, uh, alums uh, for, for an event like that. Uh, so just everything about this program right now is, is pretty juiced up, which is something that, uh, you know, you wouldn't have expected uh, last November when uh, Lincoln Riley left and people were talking about, well, this program going to fall apart. Is it going to be a really long rebuilding process? Uh, things like that. 75,000 people show up for a spring football game, but what is the difference in a Brent Venables led OU team and a Lincoln Riley led OU football team? The identity is different because of, well, I, you've got to start on the defensive side with the, the physicality, uh, up there it's a, a different defensive scheme but just a different defensive mindset and that's something that Brent Venables is, is brought pretty much everywhere but it's a uh, return to what OU had you know when Venables was there uh, early and, and they're not dismissing offense obviously with uh, Jeff Lebby y'all are very familiar with what he does offensively but um, you know that that sort of defense first uh, mentality about things, but also uh, around the program, the uh, the, the the players first uh, mantra that Brent Venables has been uh, preaching, not only with some of the off the field programs designed to help those players uh, in, in the future, but also just this uh, player driven has been mentioned a ton with by Brent Venables by the players. And it, it's about them uh, taking ownership in the program. And to this point, it's uh, transformed things internally for them. What are some of the details that are going to go into this plan put together for by Barry Switzer to give all the Oklahoma football players 40K each? Yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. And we're still trying to talk to, to uh, Barry 
to, to get a little bit of a better sense of how this thing's going to work. But it sounds like it's uh, basically they're going to the players are going to do some work slash promotional work for for charities, uh, and that money is going to be pooled uh, through donations to uh, give the athletes money for that. So it's uh, a different uh, collective than we've seen at some of the other places, but certainly uh, one that I think OU fans have been clamoring for a, a little bit, wondering you know, where is something like this uh, for, for OU. Uh, and certainly it's something that can help them stay on a you know, similar playing field to uh, some of the other elite programs in uh, college football, the, the programs that they're competing against on the recruiting trail day in and day out. Ryan, uh, Garrett just mentioned uh, Coach Switzer, but uh, Coach Stoops is, is still proactive in the program. You mentioned 250 alums back. What's that do for, for, for Venables and, and this current football team to have some of these, these sooner greats, if you will, uh, proactive in the program? Yeah, it, it it really the the biggest thing. One, it keeps those guys active and invested and involved, and and certainly the ones that are you know make a lot of money in the NFL keeps them uh, you know tied to the program to make donations, things like that. But I, I think also what it does is uh, uh, you know resonates with recruits when they see that when they see the amount of alums that are around and they've had recruiting events even before Brent Venables came aboard last year they had a recruiting event a recruiting event excuse me with uh, under Lincoln Riley that had you know a lot of those former guys they're talking to recruits which is something that you can do a little bit more now and it, it just uh, you know does all those things for a program and I think the biggest thing on Saturday, though, was letting those recruits know they had a large group of recruits as well, and big-time ones, uh, lets them know that uh, you know this is a program that's not just going to be yours for four years. It's going to be a, you know, a, a lifetime deal. Dylan Gabriel made his OU debut, and two quarterbacks that leave the program, you thought you were pretty much set at quarterback for a while at OU. That doesn't become the case. How, does Gabriel be able to pick up that torch, and how did he look? Yeah, he he looked solid, and you know, didn't look just overwhelming. But you know, we've had years. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield had a fantastic uh, spring game the year that he uh, year before he broke out as a starter. But then Kyler Murray had a you know a, a not so fantastic spring game, and he wound up putting up one of the best years in college football history. So hard to read too much into it, but. The, the biggest thing is he handled uh, the the atmosphere and the environment well, which you know is sort of funny to say during a spring game, but in this one, you're playing in virtually a, uh, a game type of environment. And then the other thing is he handled the wind really well, and and it's hard to imagine him ever playing in wind that uh, was as bad as Saturday's was. So. Um, you know, still got some steps to take, but the fact that he's so familiar with Jeff Levy's offense and the tempo that they run with and, and, and everything else, the arm strength was there, the accuracy was there, and, you know, the, the decision-making, we'll see how that uh, comes along. But uh, overall, a really solid day for Dylan Gabriel. The biggest question for them right now at quarterback is, 
who their number two is going to be and if it's going to be somebody on the roster or are they going to have to go out into the transfer portal and try to find somebody else because their depth at that position uh, because they lose Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams has uh, taken a pretty big hit. I think one of the, the most impressive things for me in, in looking at that game was what uh, Javante Barnes was able to do or Javante Barnes was able to do with the two touchdowns. Do you think what kind of contributions do you think we could see from him this year, especially coming in as a true freshman? Yeah, I think right now you'd probably write him down in the uh, number three spot of that, that running back behind Marcus Major, who didn't play on Saturday. He's been banged up some of the spring and Eric Gray. But I think as the year goes on, you're going to see Javante Barnes play a bigger and bigger role. Uh, you know, Eric Gray is not necessarily an every down kind of back. Uh, Marcus Major is really talented, but doesn't have a lot of uh, game experience. And, and you know, certainly he's shown that sometimes he can trip up and, and uh, you know, do things that knock him down a, a peg or two. Missed most of last year because of things like that. So I, I think Javante Barnes, the combination of power and speed with him is going to you know make him a guy who's going to, see his role expand as the year goes on. At the start of the year, he might not be that number one back, but if you tell, if you ask me you know, who's going to be the number one back at the end of the season, I might just go with Javante Barnes at this point. How does the offensive line stack up for the Sooners? Can it sustain, and does it have enough depth right now? Yeah, that's a, a big question. It was hard to get a real good gauge of that on Saturday because they split the teams up. So you weren't just having a you know your number one offensive line out there all together at the same time, your number two, things like that. So hard to get a gauge of depth there, but you know they feel pretty solid about what they've got. But they've got to have some guys really take some significant steps forward. Andrew Rame has been out for most of spring, uh, did the play some on Saturday, but they need him to to be and stay healthy there at the center spot. Uh, and then, you know, a, a big uh, question mark there is how the Caden McCower uh, comes along uh, after the transfer from Cal. They expect uh, solid things from him. And then uh, Wanya Morris, who transferred from Tennessee last year, a lot of people thought he would be in the starting lineup fairly quickly. That never materialized, and uh, certainly they want him to take uh, some big steps forward. But they've got some holes to fill over there going to have to shuffle things around and uh you know it's hard not to trust Phil though but at the same time that's one of probably the question marks of their offense right now is uh you know how that offensive line comes together do you see joshua eaton being able to flourish under venerable's defense yeah you know i, I think he's got a chance we saw some really good things from him on saturday which we really hadn't seen much of you know he was the guy that always has has had uh, a, a lot of potential there, but just haven't seen him quite unlock that yet. And, uh, you know, he hasn't been a guy who's generated just a ton of buzz for them around the spring, but you've heard a little bit of the way that he, he's progressing. So, um, you know, I, I think he's got a chance, you know, another guy on the back end that I really uh, look toward and, and wonder about, can he have a breakout? It's Justin Harrington, who left the team halfway through last year. It came back. Currently, he's a walk-on, but just the physicality that he brings is something to uh, keep an eye on as well. Uh, so, so those two guys, I think, certainly have a chance to jump up and 
the guys to sort of come out of, I don't want to say come out of nowhere because we've heard about them, but, you know, finally sort of unlock their potential after uh, a couple of years of, of not being quite there. How fast, how fast paced is this offense going to be under Levy? Uh, really fast paced. You know, I, I looked at uh, OU's offensive pace, offensive tempo over the last six seasons, and they averaged about a play every 26, 27 seconds, uh, which sounds fairly fast when you look at the overall scope of the game. But uh, then when you look at what Jeff Lebby did at Old Miss and, and Central Florida, didn't quite go back all the way to Baylor, but uh, during that, that similar span, you know, UCF and Ole Miss ran a plays about every 20 seconds, which is a significant jump up. And I think that's something that's uh, going to be surprising, I think, to a lot of people how quick they're going to run. But uh, luckily for them, they have a quarterback in Dylan Gabriel who's very used to it, having been at uh, Central Florida. But that's been one of their big pieces of adjustment this year is getting used to that tempo on the offensive side of the ball. Just how bad was that Mayfield statue? (laughs) Uh, You know, I think when you see it in person, it's not as bad as it comes off, I think, in pictures. I think the fact that uh, he's got a headband on in it sort of exaggerates uh, things when you look at it from a little bit far away. But, you know, it's really hard to make a good likeness in bronze, and we've seen that – and certainly that was highlighted uh, by by this statute. But uh, like I said, I, I don't think it's as, as bad in person as it comes off in, in pictures and video and things like that. But, uh, uh, you know, certainly one of those ones that you're like, really? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's uh, not – wasn't awful uh, when I uh, walked by it the other day and, and took a look for myself. Grows on you, huh? Yeah, a, a little bit. And just like I said, the details of it sort of can sometimes get lost when you're talking about something that's, you know, monochrome and all in on one color. So uh, the, the headband, I think, sort of made it a little bit uh, odd uh, for <laughs> sure. Hey, Ryan, thanks. We appreciate your time today, as always. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Y'all have a good one. Talk to you soon. Ryan Abair from the uh, Oklahoma Talking Sooners football. Uh, 75,000 plus on hand for. Brent Venables' debut, uh, new look football team, the the unveiling of the Heisman Trophy statue or for uh, for Baker Mayfield. So they, yeah, they had a crowd to say the least. And again, uh, his uh, the former head coach over at USC, uh, they had thirty three thousand. I mean, stop and think about that. There's a lot of folks coming out to watch spring football. All right, uh, eight forty nine. We're eleven away from nine o'clock. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. John Morris is coming up at three o'clock this afternoon, and uh, then uh, Matt Mosley will be around at four o'clock. Hoot Jonigan's going to join uh, uh, John this afternoon, and Hoot's going to be uh, talking some Baylor softball, obviously, and then uh, he'll be talking about the uh, Baylor baseball reunion coming up of the twenty twelve reunion uh, coming up. So. Uh, That'll be uh, on the uh, John Moore Show coming up a little later on this afternoon around 3 o'clock. Hey, if you're looking to sell your home and you want to do it in five days or less, you can do it. It's guaranteed. That's right. Uh, The brokerage house guarantees that they will sell your house in five days or less. And if they don't, they're going to buy it from you for a price that you two agree upon. So you just come to an agreement. I want one gazillion dollars for my house. 
And if you don't sell it in five days, then you know, that's how it works. Uh, the Brokerage House and Aaron Ryan have a uh, proven program that will generate offers on your home above market value and multiple offers on your home. You want to know more about it? It's 5 days That's 5 days or call 817-812-2978. Glenn Moore and Baylor Bears Softball on 101.3 FM. Baylor Softball back in action Tuesday at Gatterman Stadium hosting Stephen F. Austin. 6.15 for the warm-up show, 6.30 first pitch for Baylor SFA Softball Tuesday from Gatterman Stadium. Join Dan Ingham for Baylor Big 12 Softball every game on 101.3 FM. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Pro Star Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. Pro Star Rental, they make work easier. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe, ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for them. This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I got to take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update. The Mavericks now lead their playoff series with Utah three games to two after last night's 102-77 win in Dallas. Five runs in their last two at-bats helped the Rangers to a 6-2 win over the Astros. Game two of that four-game series in Arlington can be heard on Fox Sports Central Texas tonight starting at 6.30. MCC Baseball moves up two spots to fourth in this week's JUCO Baseball Poll. McClendon Softball is ranked seventh this week. 
Baseball at Baylor Ballpark tonight as the Bears host Incarnate Word for a non-conference nine. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas starting with the pregame at 6.15. Baylor softball takes the field at Ketterman Stadium for a 6.30 first pitch against Stephen F. Austin. That game can be heard on Cool 101. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grab bag on Game Time. This is Game Time on ESPN Central Texas, and we are presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and brought to you by Good Feet, Pro Star Rental. Big Boys Record Service and Landscape Supply in Spiegelville. Glad to have you with us here on this uh, Tuesday morning. Again, coming up at uh, coming up at uh, three o'clock, it's the uh, John Moore Show, and at four o'clock, Matt Mosley will be here tonight. Here's kind of what we have for you: We'll have Ranger Baseball at six thirty tonight uh, over on our sister station, Fox Sports Central Texas. At six fifteen, over on our other sister station, Cool One Hundred One Point Three, it'll be Baylor softball and. Uh, they will be uh, in action tonight against Stephen F. Austin as they uh, get ready for another conference series coming up this weekend. And Baylor baseball back in action tonight. The Bears will take on Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word at 16-20 and 20 overall, 6-9 and nine in the Southland Conference. Baylor at 20-20 20 and 20 on the year, 4-11 and 11 in conference play. Baylor with, what, three series left mm-hmm. in Big 12 conference play. They have Tech this weekend. Then, uh, then uh, I think they go to Kansas, Kansas State. State. And then at home against Oklahoma State to wrap up the uh, 2022 baseball season. So, uh, look, they, they've got it, – it's an uphill battle. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. But, you know, you still got an opportunity. Uh, as long as there's games, you got an opportunity. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for being a part of the program. We will do it again in the morning at 7 a.m. For Garrett and for Ward, I'm Tom. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.